0: Switching of systems. systems. Amen. So that's what we have been talking about over uh, or at least yesterday. And we will continue the next couple of days. Now, a quick compendium of yesterday's session. We talked about how in Christ we are new creations living under a different government. We also discovered that we should no longer live fashioned after or according to the customs and the traditions of the world. And one of the things that we learn is that not only do we cheat ourselves when we live according to the basic principles of the world and their empty deceit according to the traditions of man, but we are like prey carried away by predator. In other words, when we live based upon the basic principles, principles of the world when we live according to the world's way of doing things when we matriculate about going about acquiring things the same way that the world does we are literally victims taken by fraud and Jesus has a better way now our foundational scripture for this teaching is found in Hebrews 10 let me read this verse and we're going to be going over it as we go out this teaching. But a couple of working definitions as they are in the Greek. I want you to write these down so that way you will have these. Then we want to move a little further. But let me just review just for a second. Again, our foundation of scripture is found in Hebrews 10:23. Now, we're talking about. Faith for the new creation in Christ. How we should live as new creations in God's government. And one of the things that we're going to discover throughout these teachings is that for the new covenant believer, we live from the faith of Jesus. Our faith comes into play by putting our confidence in our faith, our belief, our persuasion in what the Father has already satisfied. It is not our faith in the sense of what most of us have believed that we have to do it. No, that's called pride. That's vain glory. No, we add our faith by placing what Jesus done, what, what he satisfied, and if it satisfy the Father, it should be good enough for us. We have already been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So everything that you would ever need, it's already there. So you don't have to work for it. Just believe for it. Amen. And what I mean by believe for it, I believe by coming into agreement with the Father. And it is demonstrated through my saying and my actions. <laughs> What do you mean my actions? My walk is a testimony that I believe that I received when I said it. So despite how things look, my actions, my posture is a witness that I believe that what God said is because his word is the substance. Oh, I don't went totally off. Now, faith, God's in birth persuasion is the substance, the title, the guarantee. It's God's word that's the guarantee. And it it's the things hoped for. His word is the evidence of things. See, we've been taught that my faith is the substance. No, it is his word that is the substance. We just believe that what he said is. I'm going to show you. Ah, I think that's Friday's teaching. Let's hold fast Hebrews 10 23. oh, let me slow down. Because Jesus came to make life easier, beloved. And the verses that we're gonna go throughout this teaching, particularly Romans 1:17, Galatians 3:13, Hebrews 10, 38. All those verses, those three verses, let us know that the just should live by faith. OK. And one of the things we have to understand is that by Jesus having made things easier for us. We should no longer have to work and do as those that were in the old covenant. So everything is made available. All things are ready. We just have to bl- bring our belief, our faith into agreement with the Father. Now I'm saying that for a reason because religion has made it difficult. Religion has made it about what we do. And see that's the difference between religion in the sense that I'm saying religion man's effort See, in religion, man relies on his effort. But when you are in a relationship, you're relying on Jesus' effort, what he done. So it's not what you do, it's what he done. Don't take my word. Let's see in the word of God. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without what? Wavering for he is faithful, that promise. For he is faithful, that promise. Now, that word profession or confession in the Greek, it's the word homologia, and it simply means an agreement, it means confession, profession. It's to say the same thing as, it's to speak to a conclusion, it's laying. A thing to rest by saying about that thing, the same thing that the father has said. So when you decree about this, what the father said, rest assured that thing has been laid to rest. Why? Because he is a God who is bound by his word or by his agreement and his agreement or his substance is proof that we shall have or have what we declare when we are in agreement with him. Are you here? That word again, it means to declare the same outcome as God, to say the same thing that God has said. Now, this word homologia, it also means it's a collective agreement. Watch this now or understand this of Christians. It's a collective agreement of Christians about what God loves and hates, and they have the courage to live it out or to proclaim it. So that's why we can't uh, run off this. When we hear the message of, of grace and we, we, we hear the message of justification. Well, when you understand that we are to live in agreement with God, you know that my justification is not a license or the message of grace is not a license to get out here and live lawlessly. No, why? Because when I am in agreement with God, I love what he loves and I hate what he hates. So if you want to know how I should live, once you get in the word of God and you realize that God likes this, I like it. God disapproves of that. So guess what? I disapprove of it. So any lifestyle that's not in uh, agreement with the word of God, since God doesn't like it, guess what? I don't like it. Why? Because I'm in agreement with God. Now, I mentioned Romans 117, Galatians 311 I think I said 13 earlier, but Galatians 311 and Hebrews 10:30. all of these uh, verses deal with the just living by faith. and as we go throughout this teaching, I give you the context in which the writers were penning these particular epistles to those individuals but the word faith that we will find throughout those verses is the Greek word pistis. Someone say pistis. Now, I'm, I'm giving you this. I'm still reviewing that. I, I want to get into today's subheading under switching systems. Um, and I will probably need a good hour. So I, I, I need you to just center yourselves. They say, man, since I got him on live, let me watch it for at least an hour. It's some good stuff. It's liberating. Because many of us have been living uh, out of sync with the Father. And we're mad. We'll get, we, we, there's feelings of guilt, bitterness, anger. And it's not God. Just being misinformed. So the word faith. It's the Greek word pistis, and this is the Greek definition. You can look it up in your Strong's Concordance or if you have a linear Bible. It simply means uh, for the believer, pistis is God's divine persuasion. So faith is God's divine persuasion. And it's therefore, listen to this, distinct from human confidence yet involving it. Wait a minute, preacher. You said it's, matter of fact, they're putting the the Greek definition up on the screen. Uh, It's God's divine persuasion. Then two, it's always a gift from God and never something that can be produced by the people. So for this type of Bible faith cannot be produced by you. So that in and of itself, that in and of itself lets us know that I don't live from my faith. Why? Because I cannot produce pistis. Pistis only comes from the Father. How do I know that? Because it lets us know right here. For the believer, God's divine persuasion and therefore distinct from human belief or confidence. So there's a worldly confidence, a human type of, of, of confidence or wisdom. But in God's government, pistis... Comes from him. Let me prove it. Faith comes by. Hearing. And hearing by the word. Or the logos Or literally. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the spoken word. Faith. Now I'm jumping into another day session. But faith just don't come by hearing. You deceive yourself. When you hear only James said. No faith. Comes by hearing and hearing by the spoken word. That's how faith. So where it says, please, I hope they can see this definition so they know that I haven't conjured, conjured this up on my own. Uh, for the believer. God, is so man, I feel my bishops anointing on this joke. So it's going to be good. It's about to be good. For the believer is God's divine persuasion and therefore distinct from human belief, yet involving it. What, is it. what do you mean? It's different, but yet involves it. This is how it works. When I see God's word, now I add my belief to what he has said or spoken, and that's how I come into agreement. Why? How? By believing that what if God said it, it is so. Matter of fact, whether I believe it or not, when he said it, it is so. So faith comes by hearing. So when we hear the word of God and that persuades us and uh, uh, builds our belief, what do we do? We add our faith to what the father has watched us in birth in us. In other words, he said it, I add my confidence to what he said. Come on, Come on. That's where your belief comes in. Where? By agreeing with God. But Bible faith, beloved, comes from him. Look at the definition. Uh, the Lord continuously births faith in the Jewish believers so they can know what? Know what he prefers. That is what? The persuasion of his will. Um, Go back to the portion where it says faith for the believer. Now look, and this, this is another definition in secular antiquity mean in the old days. Referred to what? A guarantee, a warranty. In scripture, faith is God's what? Warranty. Certifying that the revelation he birthed in birth will come to pass. It's is also used collectively of all times that God has what revealed, given the persuasion of his will, which includes what? The full revelation of scripture. Indeed, God, the Lord, guarantees that all this revelation will come to pass. And to give some scripture references. But I want to you. No, go, go back. Go back, go, 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 back. Notice where it says uh, in scripture, faith is God's warranty. That goes back to what we said, in Hebrews 11, one faith is the substance. His in-birth persuasion. His word is the title. His word is the guarantee. His word is the guarantee. Not your word. His word. Your word should mimic his word. You just come into agreement with it. In other words, since this is the guarantee, if God said it, I believe it. And since you believe it, he has to bring it to pass. On, so faith, and I, and I have to show you this, faith, this type of faith is only received from God. And it's not, pistons is not generated by you. It's generated from God. Huh? This kind of faith, Bible faith, watch this. It's not a virtue <laughs> that cannot be worked up by human effort. Are you listening to me? Pistons cannot be worked up. See, watch, hold on, because I, 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 I feel sacred cows falling. In religion, sometimes try to kick against this. This is not what I made up. That's why the scripture says, Study to show thyself or prove unto God. A workman needed not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of God. It goes back to what I said yesterday. We get so hooked on repeating what was taught so many years ago that we never seek to discover revelatory truths beyond what Reverend so-and-so said 30 years ago. You hear so Bible faith or pistons, I give you the definitions where you can see it for yourself. But do your homework, please. I, do, go, look it up. I want you to. And I'm not saying that with arrogance. I'm saying that to show you that God wants you to be set free and stop relying on your own effort. If God is granting this type of faith, I I want you to write this question out and I'll answer it for you tomorrow. If God is granting this type of faith, then we need to know whose faith is it? If it's not my faith, if he grants this faith, if pisses only comes from him, whose faith shall we live by? Well, Reverend, Habakkuk 2.4 says the just shall live by his faith. It absolutely does. But who is the his that Habakkuk is making reference to? Let's look at it. Look at it. Look, at it. Look, at it. look at it. Let's look at this. We're talking about switching systems. This is what we want to talk about today. Moving from self-effort to God's rest. See, see, see. We, we, we want to move from self-exertion, self-will, self-power to God's rest. Because what we've been doing has been exasperated. We have been literally working ourselves up. In a tizzy trying to produce a faith to receive something that only comes from him. That's why many have been falling short because they think that it's based upon their own efforts. Not so, sir. And as a result, there are those who are guilty or or they have feelings of guilt, condemnation. And usually guilt. And condemnation comes from misinformation. (laughs) So there are those walking around who are feeling guilty, who are feeling condemned. Why? Because they have been misinformed. They're trying to be accepted to God through their own efforts. If you're trying to make yourself accepted to God by your own efforts, it will never work. I heard the Holy Spirit. God is not withholding the manifestations of your healing or anything else for that matter, based upon what you have or have not done. Because there are those who have accepted sickness because they think That there's something they've done, and God is not going to release healing because of what they did. Why? Because you've been told if you're not good, God's not going to bless that. Well, why was Jesus bruised? Matter of fact, the chastisement of your peace was upon Him the punishment that you should have deserved, he took it for you. And I submit to you, it's not God withholding anything from you. It's not because you've been bad. It's because you have been believing wrong. So if you want the release of heaven blessings, it's how you're going to have to bring your confidence, your beliefs into agreement, into alignment with the Father. Because if that was the case, every believer would be sick if our healing was based upon the basis of our goodness. And God is not going to heal you or already make healing. Matter of fact, you've already been healed. You've been healed. That's why I said the manifestation of it. No, healing is there. You just have to bring your your belief into agreement with the Father and healing will flow. So heaven's not withholding anything from you because you haven't been good. Because you have those who are declaring they're being good and still lacking in various areas. So, so, so now what? What, what? What's the explanation for that? You have to remember... Old Testament faith was a justification by performing the works of the law. Watch this. New Testament justification is by believing in the finished works of Jesus. New covenant faith, beloved, is living from the faith of Jesus. Uh, And proof that we agree with Jesus is reciprocated by our corresponding actions. Based on his word, not our works. <laughs> See, we live from the faith of Jesus. I'm not talking about a faith where, where man's will is not involved. God's not going to impose his will on you. Why? Because he has, he, he's made us free moral agents. I'm talking about a man choosing to believe God when he hears, hears God, hear, hear God speak or the word of God spoken and he responds to God's word based upon him believing God. Amen. That's what we're talking about. When I hear it, I believe it. Amen. It's living in agreement with the will of God. It's agreeing with what God loves as well as the things God now, let's look at this. The just shall live by his faith, as Habakkuk says, it. because, again, I think this particular verse has been misconstrued because the assumption has been we live by our faith, whether it was. Uh, even if whoever was teaching didn't imply that. When it's taught, it's easily, uh, it can easily be misunderstood as the just that live by his faith, being that your faith. And again, at no point in time as God's children, old or new covenant, were we to live independent of having trust or faith in God. We have always been and should always have confidence in God. Are you with me? Habakkuk 2.4. Now, let's give you a little context. Habakkuk saw a dying world and it broke his heart. So he begins to ask God, for those of you who don't think you can ask God questions, you can ask God questions. Now, whether or not you like the responses between you and him, but there is no sin in asking God questions. So he asked God a series of questions, things such as, why is there evil in the world? Why do the wicked seem to prosper? And always winning. So God answers with an avalanche of proof and prediction. He tells the prophet, write the vision. Answer it plainly so that those who read it will understand. Then he goes to say, it may seem, God says, as though the wicked triumph, but eventually they will be judged and the righteous will prevail. Okay, so that's what he's saying. Habakkuk is upset that the wicked seems to prosper. And the Lord said, listen, I got this. Don't believe what you see. It may look like they're winning, but their day is coming. Then he goes, verse 4, and says this. It reads this way. Behold, the proud, his soul is not upright in him. See, again, the proud acquires things on him or herself but the just shall live by his faith watch this now behold the proud his soul is not upright his soul is a symbolic reference of or it's a symbolic rep- reference to babylonia this nation had become proud and puffed up and as a result They were unrighteous, and they were facing God's judgment. In contrast, the righteous or the just would live by faith in God. So when it says the just shall live by his faith, in other words, he's saying in contrast to the wicked who are proud, who are boastful, the just live by faith in him, not his own individual faith. If that was the case, we would be just like the Babylonians who were proud and puffed up. So where he says the wicked are puffed up, the righteous live by faith in him. So he's not making reference to the individual living from their faith. And those of you who are skilled in hermeneutics and understand biblical exegesis, if you interpret that, you will find that to be true, that the just living by his faith here is talking about that the righteous lives. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. The righteous lives Thank you. Thank you. by putting their faith in him, the righteous live by his faith, talking about the father. You know how you made right with God by placing your faith. In the works of Jesus, lest anyone should boast. Again, Old Testament, Old Testament faith was a faith in God that would deem those justified who kept the demands of the law. So the old covenant faith was a faith that if we kept the law it would bring about justification. But even in that, it was a faith in God. It was never a faith in themselves. They had faith in God that if I do all of these things, then I would be justified before you. Well, God has something better for us and that better portion was Jesus. That's why under the new covenant for the new creation in Christ, you are justified by placing your belief in God. And that what Jesus did Satisfy the father he paid the debt the sin debt in full and you are now in right standing Let me show you something Because listen you you have to understand this that you just watch this stop doing and just start believing Let, let, I'm about to say something. I want you to hear me and hear me clearly. God, <laughs> keep your rocks down, keep them in your hand, don't throw them. But the Father is not so much concerned about how good you are than he is you living in agreement with him. He's not so much concerned about how good you are than you believe in right. Oh, he's telling us not to be good. I did not, I, that's, the, that's nowhere near what I just said. I'm saying if you focus on being, if you focus on believing right, living in agreement with God, the good will take care of itself. Where most people miss it, they're too busy trying to be good, self effort. Relying on self, where they're they're so busy trying to be good that they have failed to realize that I don't even believe. Because if I believe, I wouldn't focus on being good. I would focus on realizing that God sees me just as he sees his son. therefore, my righteousness is not based upon how good I am, but how good I can believe. And watch this. If you believe right, you will be good. I'm going to show you watch this Ephesians 2 and 8. Let me slam because I feel like I'm trying to I'm, I'm shoving too much information down your throats. And watch this. These messages. You can't just listen to them one time. You have to listen to them over and over and over And say out loud back to God what he has said about you. Ephesians 2 and 8, Amplified. For it is by grace, God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing you to Christ, that you have been saved. Actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life. Through what? Faith in Christ. And this salvation is not of yourselves. Not through your own effort. Thank you, Lord. See, you—you didn't get saved because you were good. You got saved because you believed. Amen. That's so good. Thank you, Lord. But it is the undeserved, gracious gift of God. And see, see, I'm saying this, beloved, because again, there are believers living under the cloud of guilt in condemnation because they're too busy trying to perform their way into the manifestation of blessings rather than believing their way into receiving what God has promised and predestined and purposed for you. And you have believers today who are no different than the Jews in Apostle Paul's day. Let me show you something. Revelation, I'm sorry, Romans 10, 1 through 4. Since this is a Zoom setting, class setting, just allow the teacher to teach Amen. for a few minutes. And if I go over an hour, God bless it, it still be on there. You can come back and watch it later. Amen. Romans 10, 1 through 4. Now just as Apostle Paul's desire, my earnest desire is the same. The Apostle Paul's earnest desire for, we see here his earnest desire for the salvation of the Jews. And and he shows us the difference between the righteousness of the law and the righteousness of faith. Look at verse 1. Dear friends, see, hold on. We have to free ourselves from, I'm going to say it like I'm hearing it, denominational strongholds. We have, we have allowed denominations to keep us from walking in the freedom of God's word. This is not about a denomination. This is about the truth of God's word. Dear friends, my greatest wish and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. I know they love God, but they don't understand. There are a lot of believers who love God, but there's a great misunderstanding. (laughs) Verse three, what makes people acceptable to him? let, Let me start at verse two again. I know there are. I know they love God, but they don't understand what makes people acceptable to him. So they refuse to trust God and they try to be accepted by obeying the law. Again, self-effort. And you have people today who refuse to receive the truth of God's word because it has been indoctrinated in them that if you're not good, God won't be good to you. That if you don't wear this, if you don't dress like that, again, performing to be justified, if you don't act like this, you are not right. That is not what the word says. And trust you me, if you live in agreement with God, you will dress how you're supposed to dress, you will talk how you're supposed to talk, and you will walk how he wants you to walk. But Christ makes the law no longer necessary. In other words, he said, Christ makes it no longer necessary for you to depend on trying to keep demands that you never could keep in the first place. Christ, he is the fulfillment of the law. For those who become, how do you become acceptable? By faith. So you become acceptable by believing, Amen. by God's in-birth persuasion, Come on, Pastor. not by doing. Come on, Pastor. Amen. See, w- 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 ah, what I'm trying to convey, beloved, is we have to move from self-effort to God's rest. On, and d- to get to that place of rest, all you have to do is get to that place of stated agreement. Where you live in agreement with what God says about you. Don't never mind what other people say. If God says this about me, I'm not worried about what tradition or denomination says. If God says this about me, that's what I believe and I'm sticking to it. You can't dress your way into righteousness. Did you hear what I said? You cannot dress your way into righteousness. You cannot act your way into righteousness. You cannot speak your way into righteousness. Well, how do I get in? I believe my way into righteousness. Colossians 2, 13, 14, I'm giving you this, you were once dead because of your failures and your uncircumcised corrupt nature. I, I pray, Father, I thank you that those who are here and are receiving this word, I bind the spirit of intimidation, I bind the spirit of rejection take authority of the spirit of guilt and condemnation. I thank you for a spirit of receiving right now. I declare the strongholds of misunderstanding, wrong teachings are falling now. In the name of Jesus. Set your children free on today, Lord, because of the truth of your word. Remove every hindrance now in the name of Jesus. Galatians 2, 13, 14. You were once dead because of your failures and your uncircumcised corrupt nature. But God made you alive with Christ when he forgave all of your failures. The ones you did yesterday, today, and he has forgiven you once and for all. And when you understand that, you won't keep getting saved every Sunday. Amen. Amen. Why? Because he made me right the first time I believed I received. Matter of fact, for you to keep getting saved every week is a testimony in of itself that you are trying to be right before God by your doing. You will never get there that way. And not only that, you are saying, I didn't believe he saved me the first time. So you're waiting on a look and a feeling. It ain't based on a look and a feeling. It's based on believing that he said it, whether I feel like it or not. He said it. It is so. Verse 14. He did this by erasing the charges that were brought against us by the written laws God had established. He took the charges away by doing what? Nailing them to the cross. Galatians thirteen fourteen. See see. We keep referring to Deuteronomy twenty eight. You're not under the curse of Deuteronomy twenty eight. You know what the Lord talks about? If you do all these things, then I'll make your head not to hell above. On you not believe? Did you get around about around about verse fifteen? It says, and if you don't, all these curses will come upon you. You're not under that covenant. Covenant. Thank you, Lord. Jesus took that away. Hey. He became a curse for you. you Galatians 3 Thank you, 13, 14, God's Word. Christ paid the price to free us from the curse that the laws in Moses' teaching bring by becoming cursed instead of us. Scripture says, Everyone who was hung on a tree is cursed. Verse 14, who paid the price? Christ. Who paid the price? Christ. Christ paid the price so that the blessing promised to Abraham would come to all the people of God, excuse me, all the people of the world through who? Jesus, Jesus Christ. And we will receive the promise spirit through how? Faith. Faith. Again, not by your doing. I wish preachers would spend more time on teaching people how to believe rather than how to be good and how to look the role. And listen to me. If you believe right, you will be good. Galatians 2.16. Galatians 2.16. Are you with me? Yet. Yet. We know that people don't receive Oh, listen to this. We know that people don't receive God's approval by any effort to follow the laws in Scripture. He's not saying not to follow the laws of Scripture, but the laws, following the laws only is not enough to save you. That's what he's saying. But but only by believing what? In Jesus Christ. Look what he said. We know that people do not receive God's approval by any effort to follow laws. How do I receive his approval? By believing in Jesus Christ. So we also believed in Jesus Christ in order to receive God's approval by what? Faith in Christ and not by our own efforts. People won't receive God's approval by their own efforts. This is the word word. Of God. You would not receive God's approval by your own efforts. So I admonish you, be good, but start believing right, and the good would take care of itself. On, Matter of fact, you ought, to dec- you ought to declare that today I'm moving from self-effort to God's rest. Yes. <laughs> Romans 5:1, Amplified Version. Therefore, since we have been justified, that is, acquitted of sin, declared blameless before God, by how? Faith. Let us grasp the fact. Get a hold of this. Understand this. We have peace with God and the joy of reconciliation with him through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. You have peace with God based upon what Jesus did. You just got to believe it. You're trying to get peace by doing. No, you get peace by believing. Because the more you do, you only realize I'm still dissatisfied. I am still not at peace. Why? Because I don't know if I did whatever I'm trying to do enough. You have peace with God by believing, as the word says, in Jesus. God is not waiting on you to be good. He's waiting on you to come into agreement. Amen. <laughs> He's waiting on you to get into harmony of saying the same thing about yourselves that he has said about you. Amen. I hadn't planned to go here, but let me go here. Colossians 1, 21 through 23. Can you get that and amplify it? I know I'm giving you a lot. Go back, listen to it, chew on it. But already a couple of things we discovered that pistis comes from God. That ain't something we can conjure up ourselves. we see seen in Habakkuk 2, 4 that the just shall live by his faith, talking about the Father. See, oh, man, it's going to take renewing the mind. See, what you're feeling is that phantom sensation. The phantom sensation physicians call it is to give you kind of give you a picture is when someone have a limb amputated they still feel and sense in their mind's eye that the limb is still there, even though it's been severed. So they they may say, scratch my leg or scratch my foot, scratch my arm, but there is no arm. That's the phantom sensation. Because there was such a long history and attachment to that arm. Once it's severed, although it's gone, it still feels like it's still there. It's the same thing with this. When you get Revelation truths like this and, you, and you, you sense the liberality and freedom, well, you're still going to feel like I'm no good. I'm bad in God's sight. No, 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 no. You're good. You just have to keep believing that. Let me show you. And although you were at one time estranged and alienated, hostile-minded toward God, participated in evil things, yet Christ has now reconciled you to God in his body through death in order to present. Hold on. What about, where is the verse about in your own mind? Was it 20? Where you were you enemies in your own mind. Is it verse 20? What does verse 20 say? But this is good. No, no, that's not it. I think it's in Ephesians 2. But uh, uh, the I'm looking for the verse where he says that you were enemies in your own minds. But go back to this. Go go back to this. Let me show you this. And although you were at one time estranged and alienated, hostile. You know what? It may be an. Let, let me see the New King James. Let me see. Maybe maybe that's it. I knew something was different. Okay, watch this. And you were there. There it go. Thank you. And you were who were once alienated and enemies, what, in your minds, by wicked works. Yet now he has reconciled to you in the body of his flesh to the death, and presented you holy and blameless and above reproach. See. You have to stop. We have been gripped to think that God is angry. No, that's just in your mind. Once you receive Christ, he now sees you holy, blameless, and above reproach. That's how he sees you. I know in your mind you think you're no good. No, that's you thinking that. That's not him thinking that. He sees you holy, blameless. With all of your inadequacies and your idiosyncrasies, he sees you holy, blameless, blameless. And above reproach in his sight. Why? Because your life is hidden in Christ. So when he sees you, he's actually seeing Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord. See, it's going to take more than two or three days for you to believe that. You have to know. That even when I'm not as straight as I should be, God doesn't see me like that. Why? He sees me in light of my new creation, holy, blameless, above reproach. So you are not, you were a sinner before you received Christ. So stop confessing you are a sinner saved by grace. You, have, you are a believer who was saved, or you may have been a sinner, but once you receive Jesus, you're no longer a sinner, you're a son. Hallelujah. You. Now, you can't miss the mark, but God sees you as holy, blameless, and above. That's how he sees you. That's why you have to live in agreement with him. You have to see yourself just like God sees you and quit thinking in your mind that you are his enemy. Come on pastor. Amen. Amen. Thank you Lord. Glory. Hallelujah. So he's not mad at you. Why? Because he sees you holy, blameless and above reproach. Last verses. Romans 4, let me show you. Stop relying on self. See, it's just like this. You have to get to that place where you're convinced of it. Hey, I don't care what man say. I don't care what religion says. If God sees me like this, that's what I believe. And the amazing thing all of those blurries that you keep making, because you're living in agreement, you'll no longer make them anymore. You'll see yourself making them less and less. Why? Because you see yourself now in light of how God sees you. And when you live in agreement, you love what he loves and you hate what he hates. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Do you do Romans 4. Thank you Lord. Ah, much. ah, This is good. Romans four one through eight. Now, just give you a little insight what we're about to read. Justified means to be declared not guilty. So when you, when you're justified, you have been declared not guilty. Just like when a judge in a court of law declares the defendant not guilty, all charges have been removed from his record. And legally, it is as if the person or the accused have never been wrong. So when a judge declares you not guilty, he is saying all charges have been removed. It's as if you were never accused in the first place. <laughs> When God forgives our sins, our record is wiped clean. And just as we seen from his perspective, it is as though you have never sinned. See, you have to see this because religion will keep you trying to do to be right before him. It's not what you did. The peace comes from believing that although I'm not perfect. He sees me holy, blameless, and above reproach because of what Jesus did, and I agree with that. That'll make you be holy, walk holy, have whatever it is you think you're not doing enough of. Matter of fact, hagios saints—the uh, word saint in the Greek literally means, or it's the Greek word hagias, it literally means holy. So the mere fact that you're a believer, you are holy. You don't do something to be holy. Holy is who you are. Now, the the Jews here were proud children of Abraham that Paul is about to address. So Paul uses Abraham as an example of someone who was saved by faith. So by him, since they were such proud children of Abraham, Paul uses, uh, since the Jews were so proud of being children of Abraham, Paul uses Abraham as a good example to show them. It's not because you're good. Come on now. <laughs> the same God, the, the same Abraham that you are so fond of, he was justified by believing, not by doing what you were trying to still do. Are you here? Now, as we read this, I, I'm just saying this. God, uh, Paul is not saying that God's law aren't important, but that it is impossible to be saved simply by obeying them. In other words, you, You're not justified or you're not declared righteous or saved by just by obeying the laws only. That's what he's saying. Let me read these verses and I will conclude for today. Verse one. What can we say? That we have discovered about our ancestor Abraham. If Abraham had God's approval because of something he did. He would have had a reason to brag, but he could not brag to God about it. Verse 3, what does the scripture say? Abraham, what did he do? Abraham believed. Are you guys, we in the same page? The scripture says God accepted Abraham because Abraham had what? Faith in him. I think we're reading two different translations. But however, my translation says Abraham believed, same thing. Abraham, what? Believed God or had faith in God. That's how he was approved. Abraham believed God and that faith was regarded as the basis of Abraham's approval approval by God. Verse 4, when people work, their pay is not regarded as... As a gift, but something they have earned money, money paid to workers isn't a gift. It is something they earn by working. This is what verse four is saying, that if a person could earn right standing with God by being good, the granting of that gift wouldn't be a free act. It would be an obligation. In other words, he said, man, no, it's a free gift. Your self-reliance is futile. Futile. This is what he's saying. Verse 5. However, when people don't work but believe God, the one who approves ungodly people, their faith is regarded as the basis of God's approval. Do you see that? What's verse 5? Let me read your truth. What does it say? However, when people don't work but believe God. The one who approves ungodly people, who? God. How? By the faith. Their faith is regarded as what? The basis. Not the work, but their believing. So you are approved by God by coming into agreement with Him. Are you here? David says the same thing about those who are blessed. God approves of people without their what? Earning. Earning it. This was the same David that was guilty of adultery, murder, lying. <laughs> this same David experienced the forgiveness of God. Notice what he said in verse 7. Blessed are those who what? Disobedient is forgiving and whose sins are pardoned. Blessed is the person who who the Lord no longer considers. So why are you still calling yourself a sinner? Why? He doesn't consider you sinful. Verse 8 from Amplified. Blessed and happy, favored, is the man whose sin the Lord would not take into account nor charge against him. Do y'all see this? Blessed and happy and favored is the man who's seeing the Lord. So when you miss it, he does not take that into account or charge you. Am I saying there's not consequences? If you go ahead and do something crazy, there's going to be consequences. I'm saying how God sees you once you become part of his kingdom. He sees you holy, blameless. Watch this and above reproach. Be good, beloved, but God is more concerned about how you believe rather than how you perform. He's more worried about how you believe than how you behave, because if you believe right, you will behave right. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekina Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.